Welcome to the Galway Races new six-episode podcast series, Let's Be Having You Galway, relaying stories from inside and outside the parade ring. Paul Collins here. It's been my honour to chat to racing royalty and lifelong fans alike. On the latest episode of Let's Be Having You Galway, reeling in the years with former Irish Grand National winning jockey Tom Rudd. I signed up to Donald Swan, Charlie Swan's dad, as an apprentice at 15. So that was when I started in the real world. Another Galway Races wedding. Ballybrit superfan Stephen Cunningham and Cathy Stritch. I was on the balcony in the Clayton looking for two of my mates and down by the emergency exit door she was there with her sister and friends and then I made my way down and and yeah, the rest, the is, rest is, is history, yeah. And Mary Davin on organising the right rig out for racing. I know ladies that have outfits got five, six months ago. What? Yeah. Or people would leave Galway races at the end of last year and say, right, I know what I need to do for next year. Or they'd book their slots with their milliners to design their hats. Or they'd have their be gone to London maybe to pick up their dresses. There's a lot of prep. Now on the Let's Be Having You podcast, a former Irish Grand National winning jockey and someone I've known for quite some time, a great lad from Moneygall. On the Offaly side, Tipperary side of Moneygall, let's find out. Tom Rudd, welcome. Lovely to be here. So which is it? Are you a Tipperary man or an Offaly man? I would say Offaly and now Leash. Okay, so you're in the mix there in the Midlands. Yes, yes, yeah. And Declaration, um, I first interviewed you many moons ago, and we ended up living together in Nace. I'm not sure how much of that we'll get to cover today, Tom. Hopefully not a lot, says you. But you have a glittering career in racing. Former Irish Grand National winning jockey, 1999 on Glebe Lad. I mean, it's hard to believe it's that long ago, because we still feel like 21 in our heads, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a long time ago. Talk to us about that win and the importance of it in your life. No, I'm sure it was a lovely day. You, you, like I've ridden, I rode in quite a few Irish nationals, never thought I'd actually win one. He was a lovely horse. Yeah, so it was surreal to win it. Like, um, unbelievable to win it. So, um, yeah, for Michael O'Brien. For Michael O'Brien and the Conroys, Tim and Tom Conroy, they bred him and owned him, which was lovely for them. The pinnacle of any jockey's career, or one of them anyway, is to win a Grand National, obviously. And I suppose in many ways you had a lifelong interest and passion for horses, didn't you? Going back to, you were telling me, when you were a toddler. Ah, oh, sure, I loved them. Um, I suppose, like, I've there's seven of us in the family, so my elder siblings you know they always had ponies so i couldn't wait till i could um i could go out and you know pony club and just mess around on them so yeah no i've always i've always had the urge and the girl and the girl you know it was just um something i always wanted to do academia wasn't for you it wasn't no no i I was in boarding school for a year and a half in Dublin. Then I moved to Wilson's Hospital, which was great. I could bring my horse down there. That was a a plus. So uh, I did a year there. And then I 
signed up to Donald Swan, Charlie Swan's dad, as an apprentice at 15. So that was when I started in the real world. How did that go down at home, that I want to go racing as a career? Ah, sure. Look, with mum and dad, I suppose, you know, they weren't, they weren't over impressed with my thoughts then, but they didn't stop me. I mean, at the end of the day, I was passionate about it. Um, they were very friendly with Donald and Teresa Swan and, you know, I signed up to them. I remember mum getting a, a letter from the headmaster, disgusted that they'd let me leave school, but like school wasn't a thing for me. Back then, no one was dyslexic. It wasn't, it wasn't um, diagnosed and I was, you know, so school was tough. The sport was brilliant, but the, you know, the um, the other side of it was was tough. So, yeah. So. We've moved on a lot since then. Yeah. To yeah. today. And the first time I met you was actually in the parade ring in Galway after you jumping off the 2000 Galway place winner, Duvalli. I mean, what was that like? That was special. That was very, very special. Um I didn't really appreciate the the Irish national. It was that was surreal, and you know I didn't I didn't give the horse a great ride in the Irish national, but he won. But I got a bollocking, and it was just a bit of a sort of you know reality check. Reality check. Great to have it on my CV, but I didn't appreciate it. Um, I could appreciate then Galway more so, very much so. Can you um, remember the spin? I can, yeah. Um, we went a nice even pace. I was probably mid-division. He was a very good horse. He was Judmont bred, plenty of pace, uh, very good jumper. Now, going out in the final circuit, he was always travelling well. Got to the top of the hill, third last, winged it. Going down the hill, the last two fences were bypassed. Um, there was a, a stricken jockey at the back of the second last, so of course they have to bypass both fences. Um, being being the unique track as as Galway is, it's about six and a half strides between the last two fences. So if one's out, if one fence is taken out, both have to be taken out. So yeah, and he ran up the hill. A loose horse passed me on the inside, which brought him along. Um, beat a horse called Monty's Pass. Um, Subsequent superstar. Yes. Um, Jimmy Mangan, to this day, still says if if we jumped the last two, he would have beaten me. But, I mean, Diwali won, I think he won about 10, 10 chases. He never fell in his life. So, I mean, look, I just humour humor Jimmy and say, yes, you would have beaten me if we had to jump the last two fences. But, I uh, know oh, it was surreal. Um, it was for um, Sean and Bernadette Mulryan. They were there. Michael wasn't there that day. Um, he was cheering me on at home in Nace. But um, I know it was lovely. Yeah, it was a great day. So you had a great win you, on Duvalli, Tom. You come back into the parade ring. From a punter's point of view, obviously, we're looking at the race and then you come back into the parade ring. And in your case, in 2000 on Duvalli, you jump off. How do you feel and what what's next? Because you don't really get a chance to really, I suppose, savour the win because you're probably out in the next race. I don't think I rode again that day, um, but I 
the first thing I did when I came back into the weigh room was drink a big bottle of water because <laughs> I was quite dehydrated. Um, Were you trying to make the weight that day? Yeah, he had, I think he had about 9.12 that day. The day before, I realised I had to lose about four pounds. So I um, popped on the sweatsuit. I was living up in um, Wolf Hill in Leash at the time. Popped on the sweatsuit, drove down to Nina. Our tag rugby, back in the car, heat on, um, hopped on the scales, got home. I lost nine pounds, so I lost a bit too much. But um, so yeah, you don't you don't feel good when you lose that much liquid. And of course, weight management is a science in itself, but it wasn't that scientific at that time. No, it was sort of you know sweat, use saunas, you know there there wasn't the the dietitians weren't there, you know the. They're very good now, the IHRB and Jennifer Pugh. You know, the science is there now. Um, I think the lads find it easier now. The weights have gone up a little bit since I was riding. But, yeah, no, the science is there now. But back in back in those days, it was tough. It was just sort of sweat, 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 and then eat, you know, not necessarily healthily, you know. So it's, Wouldn't be great for your mental health and overall health you would imagine i wouldn't it wouldn't because you're it's you know you're going you're doing extremes you know it's just um it can't be good it can't be good um you ended up then in tattersall's the auction house and now you're manager of limerick Racecourse. so you've done the full circuit from a to z in racing from breeding sales riding and now you're out the other side yeah no it's it's been um it's been an interesting life so far um yeah i mean what i'm 51 now um and you're fresh tom and took out my license at 15 so i've been uh, sectors of the industry um the whole way along and look it's an amazing industry um not an easy industry um but it's been good for me what was your experience of Galway Race Week from a jockeying perspective? Oh, well, sure. My side was whatever I rode down there for Michael O'Brien, I'd I'd pop in the horse box in the morning, drive it down, ride it, and then bring it home. So I mean, look, it was it's a lovely week. I never stayed down there, but it's always a week in the year you're always looking forward to. Uh, yes, it's work. Um, there's great. Great prize money, you know, summer racing for a jump jockey. Back then, there wasn't as much jump racing, you know, so um, great prize money. It, it was work, but it was enjoyable work. I mean, you know, when you're a jockey, you live for it. Um, yes, it's work, but it's not really work, you know. I mean, you're riding, you're riding horses, you're doing your job. The better the horses are, the you know, the better, the better... Um, experiences you have, you know. What about insights from T. Rudd's Galway Plate winner on the course for apprentices, for trainers, for owners? I mean, what's your take on the course in terms of how to win in Galway? Ah, oh, sure. Look, it's a, it's a unique course. It um, It's quite undulating. It looks, on television, it looks like a big galloping track, but it's actually... You know, it's a it it rides well 
if you're on a horse that's traveling. You know, if you have a horse that can hold his position, ideally no further than three, three out from the rail, four or five out from the rail, you're just giving up ground. Um, burning energy. Burning energy, yeah. Um, traditionally now, the festival, obviously, in August, it's um, good ground, fast ground, um, safe ground. But, you know, you're going at speed. You need to hold your position. Um, I would suggest any anyone riding, sure, even the even the jockeys now, everyone walks the track now. You know, that's essential everywhere. Um, get your bearings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, sure it's Galway, you know. Tom, you have another Galway racist story for us. I do. Um, I think in about 96 or 97, I was riding, I think, I think it was a 2-6 two, two chase, a mare called Mountain Bloom. And she was quite tricky. She had loads of ability, but she tended to be in season quite a lot. Um and she wouldn't actually, you wouldn't know she's in season. She was just one of those, she'd just fall into season. Um, so she went to the races in good form. We thought she'd run well. She was, a, now she was tricky at home as well. She, she wouldn't go into a stable. We had to build a corral around her. Um, she wouldn't go onto the gallop. We'd have to, Michael O'Brien was in, in the golf cart. He'd have to chase her onto the gallop. Um, you know, she was tricky, but she had loads of ability. But I remember that race in Galway. There was only about five runners. And in the at the third last fence, so the fence at the top of the hill, she decided to pull herself up halfway over the fence. So anyway, we, we climbed over the fence and then to a standstill. Your horse stopped. My horse stopped. Um, blame the jockey. Blame the jockey, yeah. Anyway, I looked down, there was three of them heading down to the second last. Franny Woods, for some reason, I think his horse, he thought his horse went wrong and he pulled right to bypass the fence, pulling another horse out. So there was only one left um, and that horse fell at that fence. Oh no, so all you had to do was finish. So I'm standing at the top of the hill, standing, not even walking, standing at the top of the hill, thinking, okay, right, let's um, let's give it a go. So anyway, down to the second last, clambered over the second last. At that stage, the fallen rider had remounted. Not Franny, but the other jockey had come back round to jump the fence as I was going to the last, uh, clambered over the last. That hill now, uh, when you're not traveling um, or, or your partner doesn't want to travel, it's a long way up. Um, and she ended up winning by a length. Oh my God. Um, and I remember the clack of thunder and there was lightning and the little, the little tower in the middle, the little, um, the, the lightning actually hit that, you know, so I think God must have backed Mountain Bloom. Wow. But, that is uh, nuts. That is nuts. Yeah. That's yeah. one of those, you know, when you go to these race nights and you see a race and they stop the race and you put your bets on. How does it finish? Like that's one of those races. If it's on tape somewhere, that yeah. no one would actually believe. What 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 happened next? Yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, but Tom, when you look back, you've won a Grand National, you've won at Galway, 
you've won as much as you could, do you think? I mean, you, uh, the jockey and their ability is down to the horse also in terms of their potential success. Ah, uh, yeah, sure it is. But, um, ah, yeah, like, uh, no, I had a great career. I probably rode 200, maybe 250 winners over 15 years. Now, I was no... I was no AP, I was no Charlie Swan, I was no Dunwoody, but I was a... And what's the difference? I wasn't a natural jockey. I were I probably had to work hard at it. I was probably more a horseman than a jockey, but I got the job done most of the time. Um, like, I was very lucky. Um, out of those, out of all those winners I rode, it was, I think my stats are about 35 to 40% um, graded races. You know, I was very lucky to ride for the trainers I rode for. Like, I ended my career with Michael O'Brien. I think my last seven years were with Michael. He only had, he had a small string of horses, but he had good horses. I think Knife Edge, I, I think I won 14 on him. Um, I think 12 of them were, were graded. I was very lucky JP gave knife edge to me when he retired and he lived uh, I only put him down a couple of years ago he was 27 he was quite bad with arthritis but um, yeah no I, I look I look back fondly on my career um, it's a long time ago now when, you know when I think I've been in Tattersall's 20 years and now I'm in I'm now I'm managing Limerick Racecourse for the last 8 months no eight, nearly 10 months so yeah no I'm lucky very lucky but it's been good to me and what would you say when you're driving from work home or home to work or on a long journey, what are the memories of racing that warm your heart when you were a jockey? Ah, sure. Look, I, um, you know, I rode on the flat for three years. I, re I remember in the car I was in the, in the starting stall and I had Lester Pickett beside me. Um, the other side, I had Steve Cawthon, you know, um, I was lucky to ride against some very, very good jockeys. You know, I just have fond, fond overall memories. Um, and I keep getting flashbacks of different horses and then, you know, just, you know, bringing me back to just say a particular horse in Roscommon or a particular horse in Sligo, you know, just, um. Yeah, no, it's 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 a wonderful industry. Well, in fairness to you, having shared a house with you, I can reveal that you're a very good housemate, but you're the worst lad of all time to pick a movie. Black Hawk Down, lads. <laughs> Recommended by Tom Rudd. Dragged me to the movie. We went on a date night. Tom, seriously, one of the worst of all time. And you made me stick it till the end. I did. I'm, I'm I demanding did. an apology right here and now. Okay, I, I, I apologise, Paul. I apologise. Well, thank you for that apology, Tom. I appreciate well, that. I think you owe me an apology. What? My worst, my worst injury, I was very lucky. I bounced very well as a jockey, but my worst injury was I broke my leg playing indoor football with you. Um, and as you were helping me off the, off the AstroTurf in Kilcullen, there was a group of um, uh -oh. female hockey players next door. Um, I wanted to get to the hospital 
you wanted to stop for a chat. No, hold on now, Tom. Let's get this straight. The girls were wondering what was going on. If you needed medical assistance, I was trying to manage their help and trying to get you to the hospital in time. But look, if for some reason your trip to the hospital in Nace was anyway delayed at that time, I apologize. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. I'm glad we're still talking anyway, Tom. It's been really great meeting you again today and sharing memories of your career and continued success and look forward to seeing you in Galway. Thank you very much. See you in Galway. It's the Let's Be Having You podcast, hashtag raring to go for Galway 2023. And we're delighted to welcome into studio a man who could be dubbed a super fan. And his name is Stephen Cunningham from Moor Park, Athenry, County Galway. Falcha is Jock Stephen. How are we? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, yeah. Isn't it great that you can make your way into a studio in the heart of Galway with so much going on in your world, including getting ready to tie the knot and stand at the top of the altar in a while to welcome your beloved and have your wedding ceremony. How have you managed to pull yourself away from all that? It was easy. The guy races comes first. I think she knows that as well. <laughs> You're a man who has travelled multiple time zones to be at the Galway races. So first of all, tell us where your love of the Galway races began. I think I was about six or seven. And my parents went every Wednesday of the Galway races. It was their day. And we used to go into my grandmother's in Merview. And we asked one day, why, why can't we go? Why? Oh, it's too busy. You won't be able to go. So I said, why don't we just sit outside? So we set up a picnic and we walked across across the fields, over digital at the time, underneath the railings, and we sat outside where the amusements were. Did your parents notice at the time? No, no. So we we stayed there, watched the race, and loved it. Had a picnic the whole lot outside with my cousins, and I was just hooked on it from then. And we came back, stayed the night, and I don't think they found out for about two or three days afterwards that I think the brother let it slip that we were over there. Yeah. And you've been coming back since? I don't miss it, yeah. I will not miss it. No, I just meet everyone I mightn't have seen all year. I meet them at the Galway race and make sure of it. So Now, you're working in Galway at the minute, which makes it easier to get to the races, assuming you can align your time off, etc., etc., which is a matter for another day, as the fellow says. But you did work abroad and made it back for Galway race week. I did, yeah. I went to Calgary in Canada and went over there in September. My mum assumed I'd be home in December for Christmas. But I knew if I came home in December, I wouldn't be able to come home in July. So I skipped Christmas and surprised her on the Friday before the races. <laughs> and I went every day. So you didn't come home for Christmas, but you did come home for Galway Race Week. Exactly. Best decision I ever met. Your poor mother. I know. She got over it, though. We made the most of it race week. But yeah, one day is Christmas and seven days is the festival, so... And how did you explain to your Canadian colleagues that, sorry lads, I'm not going home for Christmas now, but there's this bit of a thing on there in July, August that I have to make time for? They just couldn't understand why I just had a grow for it. I, I tried to explain if you haven't been there, you can't really comment on it. So I remember when the soccer season was over, I was playing soccer at the time, I said, I'm going to miss two games. They said to go back for races. I said, yeah, but if you haven't been, you can't comment and. The captain actually, when I moved back, he came with his now wife and they came on the Wednesday and they just were blown away. They could not believe the atmosphere. Where great stories begin, 
which is the theme of this year's festival. And and in fact, where your great story, your great love story begins, Stephen. That's true, yeah. I met my wife-to-be after a day at the races in, in the Clayton. And um, she's given you time off to come into this she, podcast. She very kindly has done it a lot of time, yeah. Um, yeah, she did. She, that's where I met her. If it, wasn't for, I, if it wasn't for the race, I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have met her. So but, talk us through, you've been, you're, you're heading into Ballybrit. Have you had a winner at this stage or a few winners? We've had a few winners. Okay, so you're in good form. Great form. And where do the eyes lock across the room and I was Cupid in the, hits? I was on the balcony in the Clayton, looking for two of my mates. And down by the emergency exit door, she was there with her sister and friends. And then I made my way down. <laughs> and and yes, the rest, the is, rest is, is history, yeah. Well. Yeah. And I suppose, like, it's one of those things that you'll always remember that day and that moment and everything else. Did you make a good few pounds on that day? You did? I did. I had Ruby. Ruby and Davey got me out of a hole, all right, yeah. They always remember them great days, to be fair. And uh, you met your missus. And I met herself, yeah, yeah, after racing, so it worked out. I was very happy. Your wife-to-be, can we give her a name check and her... Cathy Stritch. Cathy? Cathy Stritch, Well, yeah. I wish yourself and Cathy the very best. Thank you very much. Is she a regular race scorer? She is now. She, she will to, be. She will you? be now, going forward. She has no choice. Um, And if not, I'll be there anyway. There's no, there's no question there. But she has gone every year since we've been going out, so she loves it too. Is this in the prenup now so that you say, look, here are the dates of the Galway Race Week. So just her birthday actually is on the 31st of July. So when we started going out, I missed I missed her birthday. And I didn't really miss her birthday. I met her early to give her the presents and I went racing anyway. You ticked that box. I ticked that box. So I tried to get, keep everyone happy. So I was happy after going to the race and she was happy with the present. I love it. Hooked from a young age. The cousin, I think, was mainly the driving force behind that. And just your, your cousin being... Graham Lee. Graham Lee. Yeah, he won it in 2010, the Galway Hurdle, and that for me will never be beaten, I think. It was just a magical day. Now, I had a bad day on the winner's front. It was the only winner I had, but seeing what it meant to him and having all the family there was just a day I'll never forget. So what's your advice for surviving seven days of Galway? It's not a sprint. Don't go all guns blazing Monday, Tuesday, because you will not make it to Friday. Steady into it, Monday, Tuesday. Early to up. bed, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Study the form, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the big days, and then enjoy it. Just enjoy the week, because you won't beat it. And what are your own personal thoughts on Race Week 2023 now, once you'll be man and wife with yourself and your lovely wife? Uh, I'll be there. I have the year pass, so I'll be there. Um I'm sure I'll bring her a day or two, I'm sure, but if she she knows, if she's lucky, but she knows, she knows this before she got into it. She knows that this is my week. There's 51 was there, was other this weeks. In, was this in the prenup? It was. I made sure she signed it, that this is Stephen's week. Any, she can have any of the other 51 weeks, but this week is my week. Wow. And she knows it. So, Stephen, first of all, thank you for taking so much time out from your busy schedule to prepare for your wedding. Tell us a bit about the next few days now. Where is the wedding on and where are you going afterwards for the reception? And will you squeeze in a honeymoon before race week to build up the credits? Um, yeah, we're getting married on Saturday in Clune Fad. And then the reception is the Clayton. It had to be. Had to be the Clayton. Where you met. Where we met, yeah. There's no emergency door this time. There's not. No, it's locked. She won't be running away this time. I think if I, once I have the ring on the finger now, that might be it. 
And the honeymoon? Honeymoon, we're actually going to do something different. We're going to bring, we have a four-year-old Freddy, so we decided instead of going away a week ourselves, we're going to bring him to Disneyland Paris. Oh, wow. For four days. So that's going to be our honeymoon slash. But then in September, we're going for my cousin's wedding, so we'll make a right job of it. Where's that? It's in Spain. Oh, very nice. So we'll go to that and we'll make a week of it ourselves. Yeah. Stephen, absolutely lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for calling into studio today for the Let's Be Having You Galway podcast. And congratulations on your impending wedding. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. The Let's Be Having You Galway podcast. We're delighted to welcome into studio right now, Mary Davin, a local businesswoman and someone who has a passion for race week, I think it's fair to say, Mary. That's correct. Thank you very much. Great to have you. Thank you, Paul. It's lovely to be here. And you're going to Galway race week since you were eight years old. That's correct, yes. It's only uh, a short time ago. So <laughs> it's only a short time. It feels only like a short time ago. Yes, moment brings us back a long, long time ago to the Galway races. It was a big, big event in our calendar at home. As I was saying, my dad used to work in construction and that, so we'd all be just psyched up for the Galway races. That's 41 years ago nearly now. We'd all get dressed in Anthony Ryan's the week before. My sister would have been three years younger than me, so we'd be all dresses already. The picnic would be ready to go. We'd all be back on the hill in Ballybrish. The excitement of it every single year was like waiting for Galway. And we'd, we never really had to worry about weather, though, which was the funniest thing. We always had good weather back then. Sandals would be out and everything would be an issue of an umbrella or nothing. And we'd all be back on the hill waiting to see the horses coming over the, the hill for the final race or whatever the week. But... Or the amusements, the the yeah, chair wheels, the bouncing castles, the you know all of that would bring back huge memories. Especially when we'd be up in the high amusements, looking in at the stands, watching all the the hype of the races coming in, all the people with the style. You know, we'd be um, nearly waiting then for the end of the day to run into the stands to see what was happening. You know, at the age of eight, like we'd be so excited to see the style and all that at the races back then. There was plenty of it even back forty years ago. And you're now a business person in the area. Yes. So you have to kind of plan your week in a different way because of course, yeah. you're running your own business. Yes. So from that point of view, how do you plan your own business activities to time and align with race week? Yeah. So I run a gym in Ormore, just based there behind the Maldron Hotel, Zone in Fitness. So we'd, what we do is we base all our training over a three-day week uh, bracket. So leading up to the Goy races, we train all our clients right up to the Friday before the Goy races. So they're fully fit? Fully fit. Well, hopefully they're fully fit. And they all know I'm a big Goy races fan. So that is my week's holidays in. I close the gym down then for the eight days right up to the August bank holiday and reopen then after again to get everybody in. Because people will be going racing anyway. And then they know that I'm interested in it. So there would be hardly any clients even in the premises that week. So we make it a huge event in the gym. They're all getting excited up for the races, all debating about style and outfits and hats and handbags. And we're swapping and changing jewellery with the women in the gym. And then we all close it up for the week and head off. And then when you resume after yes. the Galway races, you're trying to combat the intake of wine, Prosecco, Absolutely, champagne yeah. and kebabs. Yeah, and empty pockets as well. And they're all, don't weigh me now and don't check me this week. Give me another week to get back in. You know, they'll be debating any excuse not to not to get onto the scales the first few weeks back. And then we'll get stuck in then again till the Christmas, really, you know, to get them on track again for the next break, which will be the Christmas week. Isn't it so, great that you're running your own business and you can plan that yourself? Because, great, yeah. you know, you would have been working in Galway yeah. in previous years and getting an insight into 
fashion, etc., yeah. from your previous job in retail. So you're very much aware of the the planning that goes into Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I would have worked in Sasha and Shop Street there for nearly 15 years as well, dressing all these women for the races, but we'd never get to go then on the big day because we'd be still running the shop. So we'd be out in the street watching all the style taking place, all the women going up and down, new buses were going from Air Square. So we'd nearly only get out on the Friday evening then. So you Back felt then. like you were missing out missing on out Christmas. I dressed them all to go to the party, but I couldn't go myself. You're the Cinderella. You're the <laughs> yeah. Cinderella of Galway at the time. That's it, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of us at that stage. A lot of ladies would come in from all over the country, though, to get dressed in Galway for the Goy Race Week back then. Do you know, between Anthony Ryan's and when the Goy Race's best dressed ever started with the blue cloak. I mean, there was a huge event back then to get all the women dressed for the Goy Race, especially when it went first, the first few years of it. But all the different sponsors with Anthony Ryan, you know, and that that they're all retailers beside me. And, and so if they went to them to get dressed, they come into us for something else. So then on the day, then the street would come to a standstill to see about half 12. We see the flow of ladies flying up the street, getting onto buses, taxis, helicopter rides, the whole lot out to Ballybridge. Yeah. And what typically would someone say when they come in to you to get ready for race week? I mean, yeah. from a fella's point of view, hey, have you a suit that fits? But it's different for the Colleeny. Absolutely different. Well, everybody, all the ladies would have different ideas. But some ladies would come in with pictures of outfits they'd like, but then they'd come out with something different completely. They'd want to try this. They'd want, you know, coloured schemes. They might be looking for a trouser suit one year. They might be looking for a two-piece another. But the dresses now and the hats and all that are, are becoming a huge, huge style event. The older ladies back then would have loved just coming in, getting something easy to wear because they would have been bringing children up there, but they would still want to be dressed, do you know? And then the milliners would step in, you know, Katrina King, millinery, you know, all the Galway hat ladies, Emily, Jean, all them. They'd all be going to them then to get their pieces as well for to wear. So it was a big all round Galway event, you know, for all the style. So I'm going to give a top tip to fellas traveling to Galway. Yeah. And that is to head into pennies or duns at the start of the week for a multi-pack That's of it. clean shorts. <laughs> Stock up on a five-pack, yeah. And off you go. But for the girls, yeah. I presume that is not on the Monday of race week. They're coming no. into you saying, listen, have you a guna for me? Not at all. No. I mean, say even for this year, I know ladies that have outfits got five, six months ago. What? Yeah. Or people would leave Galway races at the end of last year and say, right, I know what I need to do for next year. Or they're booked their slots with their milliners to design their hats or they have their gone to London maybe to pick up their dresses. There's a lot of prep. But the men now, I have to say, they'll have really up their stakes as well in Ballybridge, to be fair. I mean, some of the men there will be prestige on Ladies' Day. Every day of the week, you know, a good suit anyway on any man and a good shirt and tie, you can't beat it, you know. You'd be well-dressed still. And where are you on the socks, no socks with the shoes? Yeah, I know. Well, the younger age group get away with it now, right? But no, I think after 30 plus, you could do it for socks on. <laughs> Preferably matching. Preferably matching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or not going barefoot anyway, says you. Yeah. This year, what are you recommending? What do you think? What's out there color wise and guna wise and yeah. rig out wise? Yeah. Everything's very loose fit, I've seen. For the last, I was in Punchestown and the, the outfits are very loose, very comfortable to wear. That would suit me now. Do you know, there's no fitted numbers as much. You know, now the hats are still, the, the fascinators, as you said, are just still amazing out there. You know, a lot of people now are working from the head down as well. They're actually buying their fascinators and working their outfits around that because there's, you know, there's money to be spent on them and then they can coordinate them. Say, for instance, even my own, have the dress, but I have a, it was too big, so I took a piece of material away. So now I'm going to get my milliner to design my hat around the little piece of material so they'll coordinate on the day then. Wow. 
So just things like that that you could that you just change it up for the, the then a trouser suit could work another day. Trouser suits are very big last year. I got to the final in Galway last year, final 25 ladies, which was great. It was a great experience to be in the final. Lovely interview, Marietta and all that. But I was the only trouser suit on the stage that day. So I'd say trouser suits will creep back in this year. They're comfortable to wear as well. Even if the rain comes, the tan won't be running down her legs. And come here, <laughs> were you that person that left Galway Race Week 2022 to say, all right, I got into the last 25 this year. It's I an know. All-Ireland win for yeah, me next year, lads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the trouser suit. I don't know whether we repeat it though. Then again, for another year, but it'd be it'll be there thereabouts. We have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday kind of to suss out the the fashion back there. And then we'd have an idea then what to put on on Thursday. We always have to have kind of standby outfit because of Irish weather, as we say. And will you chance the same trouser suit again uh, this year? Oh no, you won't do that anyway. No, no, you can't do that. Should we get a few wears out yeah. of it? <laughs> you could wear something else, right? But definitely not repeating in um, Ballybrit. No. Marietta Dorn will be saying, show me them photos from 2022. She's chancing around again with the same rig yeah, out. Yeah, no better woman to say it to you as well. Have you a top tip for Galway races 2023 for either a punter or a fashionista, Mary? Top tip, enjoy every minute of it. Live it up, take it all in and look, soak up the atmosphere. Galway races is the place to be 2023. You're a poet and you don't know it. <laughs> I'm a poet and I don't know it. Thank you. William Mary, lovely chatting uh, Not to at you. all. Thank you very much for your time. And continued success in your business. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you very much, Paul. Create your own story this year at Ballybrit. The 2023 Galway races commence on July 31st and run to August 6th. Seven unmissable days. To secure your ticket, go to galwayraces.com. You don't want to miss it. See you there.